The Italian Wine Podcast is introducing a new donation drive this month. It's called Why Am I a Fan? We are encouraging anyone who tunes in on a regular basis to send us your 10-second video on why you are a fan of our podcast network or a specific show. We will then share your thoughts with the world with the goal of garnering support for our donation drive. Italian Wine Podcast is a publicly funded, sponsor-driven enterprise that needs you in order to continue to receive awesome free wine edutainment seven days a week. We are asking our listeners to donate to the Italian Wine Podcast by clicking either the GoFundMe link or the Patreon link found on italianwinepodcast.com. Remember, if you sign up as a monthly donor on our Patreon, we will send you a free IWP t-shirt and a copy of the Wine Democracy book, the newest Mama Jumbo Shrimp publication. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome to the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. This is Of course, the Ambassador's Corner, the fireside chat with Matteo Giustiniani. And today, it is our favorite ambassador, Andu. Hello, welcome. Ciao, ciao, Wen. Hi, Stevie. Thank you for the introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Is Matteo your boss? Oh, we can say that. Yes, okay. (laughs) So let's say that. So you're right at home. Uh, you are, um, I guess I know why you've chosen Matteo. I'm very happy. I, I haven't, I'm, I'm not sure if I've met Matteo. Matteo, have we met? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I'm looking forward to this chat. Just be, get close to the mic so we can hear you better. And um, Xiaowen is, of course, our Italian wine ambassador. She worked with us. She was part of our staff for a very, very long time. Well, long time for our standards. How many years have you had you been with us, Shawan? Uh, almost four years. I know that's almost like a miracle, right? So, <laughs> by our standards. So, um, and then Shawan moved to uh, um, work in uh, Avignonese, and Matteo is. Uh, are you the winemaker? I'm the winemaker. Yeah. Okay. Great. So. I'm looking forward to, I'm going to now mute my mic, Xiaowen, and I'm going to let you take over. You know how this works? Your interview with Elena Fucci is one, still one of the most popular um, episodes that we replay on Italian Wine Podcast. So um, I think way, way over 8,000 listens just on SoundCloud. So probably around 10,000 listens already. So hopefully this too will be very successful episode um, on Italian Wine Podcast. So I will be leaving you two alone, and then I will try to come back. And of course, I'll come back if there are any technical difficulties as well. Okay, take it away, Xiaowen. Thank you, Stevie. Thank Thank you, Stevie. Thank you for giving us uh, this opportunity. 
so yeah, let's start to say why I select Mattel as my favorite producer. So it's not just because Mattel is my boss. I have to interview my boss. <laughs> that's, that's not the case. Uh, actually, since last year, like in September, as Stevie said, I relocated to Tuscany and started to work for Abnunese. So Abnunese is a very transparent company. Actually, the, the company motto is life through a glass. So I became a brand advocate after understanding more and more about winery. So Mattel is the CEO and also the chef winemaker of Abnunese. He is one of the people I look up to in the winery. He is an approachable team leader with a strong work ethic. So as our tradition, we always define uh, what should we expect from this interview or what kind of objective we set for this interview. Uh, so first of all, we will delve deeper into the Montepulciano tongue and the Veno Nobile di Montepulciano appellation since we are here in this region. And secondly, uh, many of you may know Amunese has already been in the textbook example for making the best Vincento. But what you may not know is Amunese also takes many boxes in terms of the one certifications. So I think today is a good occasion for us to openly discuss regarding the various certification Amunese has achieved over the years and what has the significance of this certification and which are the limitations. Uh, then the last question, how did I discover the one of Amunese? Actually, it's before I came to work for Amunese. I already well aware of the ones from Amunese. I coordinated their one sponsorship for the VIA course in Hong Kong in 2018. Each time I got the chance to try Amunese's one, I always impressed by how elegant Sangiovese can be. Besides, as I just completed my WSAT diploma, and I still remember in the textbook, uh, in the diploma textbook B3, Amunese has been mentioned twice as significant producer, both for the section of Vino Nobile and the section for Vincento di Montepulciano. So now I'm going to introduce my guest today, which is Matteo Giustiliani. As I said, he's a, he's a CEO and the chef winemaker of Abunese. He studied enology and viticulture at the University of Florence. And later he gained a master's degree in enology from the University of, of Bordeaux. He started his career by working at Venice, a very difficult pronunciation. I tried to pronounce it right. Du Yeah, Mattel does it much better. Um, domains for two years. Uh, so at that time, Virginie, her husband Max, and her son Basil were studying in Bordeaux at that time. So Max shared with me that Dean Dennis has strongly recommended them to her Mattel. And Mattel joined Abunese in 2011. His wife, Mina, is actually running their family winery named Fattoria Sadi in Luca, Tuscany. Besides, he is currently an 
INSEAD Global Executive MBA candidate. So now I will start to interview Mattel. So my first question is a personal question. What got you into one? How did you start your career at Amunese? Could you please share with us your path to becoming a young CEO of Amunese? Thank you, Xiao, for the introduction. And thank you, CV Kim, for the invitation. I'm very proud of having uh, Xiao in our team. And uh, thank you for the presentation because uh, it was very kind. And um, why I'm here, actually, because uh, I met Virginie in Bordeaux. And uh, for me, Avignonese was a kind of dream. I remember very well when I was a student in uh, Florence University and I was studying international varieties such as Merlot. And, uh, and I remember an amazing bottle of Desiderio. Uh, for me, uh, Avignonese was a kind of, uh, between other three, four producers in Tuscany, one of the best producers for Merlot uh, outside of uh, Bordeaux region. And then, uh, of course, the idea of the Virginie of produce a 100% uh, Sangiovese uh, here in the Nobile Appellation was a kind of challenge because, as you probably know, uh, in this appellation, we are allowed to add up to uh, 30% of other varieties. But in uh, Virginie's mind, the focus was Sangiovese, and uh, I was very curious to deal with these varieties that actually is a part of my life since I'm young because I grew up in Florence. So for me, Sangiovese, it's like my water. And, um, and then, of course, the idea to uh, work for the largest uh, biodynamic winery in, uh, in Italy was another kind of challenge, especially when you are a young winemaker and you have to start your journey on uh, on this uh, business how i become a ceo actually i made my career in here in avignonese almost uh, 12 years ago and actually i'm the oldest manager here in the winery so probably virginie uh, decided to appoint me as a ceo only because i'm the oldest so Mattel is very modest because he became a CEO six years ago, which he was in the old days. But anyway, so how about the Desiderio, which your favorite one back then? Is it still your favorite or is it hard to choose? Which is your favorite? Uh, I'm still considering uh, Desiderio one of the best expression of Merlot outside of Bordeaux region. And uh, of course, it's uh, one of my favorites, but now it's uh, one of my uh, son, so I cannot uh, judge if I prefer uh, our Merlot or I prefer, prefer our Sangiovese. Okay, so uh, let's go to delve into a bit deeper about Amunese. So as you are a witness and an insider of the company, so could you share with us what has changed in the last 13 years since Virginie took over the winery? What is Virginia's vision? Uh, well, the big question is what is not changed in the last 13 years here in Avignonese? Probably the name. We are still called Avignonese. Not easy to say uh, for everybody. And uh, um, 
we are more or less in the same area, but in the last 13 years, unfortunately, the climate is changing a lot. Uh, I would like to say the soil, but in the reality, with our regenerative agriculture that we are practicing now for more than 10 years, our soil are different compared to what we find uh, more or less uh, 10 years ago. And um, she, cha uh, she changed a lot. I mean, uh, um, she introduced uh, biodynamic, she introduced a kind of culture, a lot, a lot really different because for her it's very important to take care of our employees. So, of course, uh, we try to train and respect the people that they are working for us. Uh, we uh, changed uh, our approach on the winemaking philosophy. Uh, unfortunately, in the winemaking, we are still allowed to use a lot of chemical products, but here in Avignonese, we respect the quality of the grapes. And actually, if you know what are you doing, you can do an amazing wine without any uh, product. And um, she increased the biodiversity. Now in our uh, soil, you can find plenty of different kinds of herbs and animals. And uh, and so actually, you, you know better than me because uh, you, you are here only for since two years and you already see how many things are changing yeah absolutely absolutely like from my point of view yeah i'm here a little bit shorter time but i do witnesses like how much change we're making even in the last a little bit more than one year uh for example we gained our b cop certification and we are buying a lot of new electric cars for the company so the goal is to change all the company cars to to electric so all these change all these uh all these things are changing day by day to make Avenue an even better winery so that's the second question so let's move to a question regarding the region so Avenue winery is located in Monte Puciano Tuscany let's delve deeper into the Monte Puciano appellation could you please briefly share with us the noblest past, present, and future? I know we are now here for hours, so briefly. Um, we are a very tiny appellation in the southeast part of Tuscany, uh, very close to the border with Umbria. Uh, we have a very uh, particular weather. Uh, our climate is what we call inland Mediterranean weather. That uh, means that basically we are, of course, influenced by the Mediterranean area, but in the reality, we are very close to Apennino Mountains. So actually, we are not influenced a lot by the ocean, but mainly by the wind, northeast wind called Tramontana. Uh, so that is translating in uh, having a very hot days during the summertime, but we have a very cold night. So during the night, the uh, vineyards can, uh, let me say, uh, have a kind of brief because they finally can uh, have a low temperature and so they are not, uh, the hydric stress is mitigated. Then uh, concerning the soil, uh, we have um, sedimentary uh, soil created by uh, maritime sediments. Uh, we have two different era geological area. The first is a Pleistocene and the second is a Pliocene. Uh, 
Um, so basically, it's a mix of clay-rich uh, soil. Sometimes we can find some uh, uh, sandy soil, but they are more or less all uh, um, rich in calcareous, so limestone soil. And it depends where you are. Sometimes you have a lot of organic metals. So in this kind of soil, Sangiovese could be a little bit too much uh, luscious, uh, too much vigorous. That's idyllic for Rossi Montepulciano or for Rosen Wines. Or on the other side, you can have a poor, rich soil in organic metals, especially close to Montepulciano. And there we have uh, more or less the Sangiovese that usually can uh, age uh, for a while in the cellar and then uh, uh, create a kind of a complexity and unicity of Sangiovese from Toscany. Uh, as you know, Nobile was the first uh, DOCG uh, read in Italy. Um, so we have a very long history. Um, uh, Jefferson was one of the uh, first uh, uh, wine lover of our population. Uh, and of course, the name Nobile means a noble. So uh, the noble from Montepulciano was the wine for the noble people. So actually, it was very well recognized everywhere in, uh, in the world. The present of Noble uh, di Montepulciano for me is um, it's a kind of challenge uh, because uh, um, we are a very tiny appellation in a very uh, big world. And uh, so could be in the same time a weakness because maybe we don't have a lot of quantity to share with everybody. So the authority of Nobile sometimes is not so important, especially with the confusion that maybe you can have with the Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, but that actually is another region, is another varietal, is a likes, uh, if like, if you want to compare in the US, Washington DC and Washington State, or if you want to compare and say in an Italian way, there is a famous uh, film uh, with Geraccioni, uh, is uh, one of the actors, is actually Carpi. Carpi is a nice city, but Capri is beautiful. It is actually more or less comparing Montepulciano town and Montepulciano grapes. For the future, I'm very um, optimistic, especially because here in our appellation, there are a lot of producers that they are changing their mind, they are focused on quality, and there are a lot of investment that they are coming here. They are very famous families such as Antinori and Frescobaldi. They are investing here. And also there are a lot of young winemakers that they are very open mind and they are very focused on uh, Sangiovese and our indigenous varieties such as Mammolo, uh, Canaiolo, Colorino. And now they decided also to revamp a little bit the appellation with the Pievi. Um, I don't want to talk about the geological difference that you can find in different Pievi, but for sure, it's a very uh, good uh, opportunity for our appellation because in these kind of rules that you have to follow if you want to produce a Pievi, actually you have to use only your grapes. And here in Avignonese, we think that if, if you want to do a great wine, you have to take care of the whole process. And actually, the big part of our job as winemaker is done in the vineyard. So if you don't have the control of the grapes, you cannot do the quality. And in the Pieve is mandatory. Thank you, Matteo. Yeah, that's a very good summary of the past 
present and future of Nobile. So the past is very glorious. Even Thomas Jefferson was a big fan of Nobile. And the present, we have a lot of challenges, but the, the producers are working hard to show what the best quality Sangio Vesai from this appellation can bring to the world. So let's hope the future will always be very bright for this region. Then the next question is regarding viticulture. But before moving into viticulture, I would like to take the opportunity to share the news that Abnionese has been awarded the Robert Parker Green Album by the One Advocate. The distinction is given in recognition of the most extraordinary cases of sustainable efforts in the wine industry. So Abnionese is certified organic, which um, has been certified since 2015 and biodynamic since 2019, if I'm not wrong. Um, in fact, our approach to viticulture is beyond biodynamic. So what do, do biodynamic practices do to the ones? And what's your perception towards biodynamic viticulture? Wow, uh, that's, a, that's a big uh, question, actually. I try to simplify the idea. Uh, here in Avignonese, we are convinced uh, of actually uh, uh, the human not feed the plant, but the plant feed the human. And actually the plant can feed itself through the soil. So uh, what we are doing here in Avignonese is actually is try to take care of our soil uh, because the soil is the future of the humanity. It's probably is the most uh, important things that we have in Earth. And unfortunately, when we decided to plant more than 5,000 plants in the same one hectare, of course, it, it's not natural because there is a kind of imbalance environment for the plant and for the soil, especially because we have to go in uh, our vineyards uh, with the tractors. So we, uh, we, uh, then you have less air in the soil uh, and then you can have some issue with the water and the organic matter start to decrease. So actually what we are doing here in Avignonese through uh, good practices, uh, agronomic practices actually, is try to uh, bring uh, oxygen air in the soil, try to be sure that when we have rainfall, we are not miss uh, part of our soil. Or for example, we try to increase the organic matters through the air, we have more microorganisms, more microorganisms that try to fix more organic matters. And so we have to, we add a little bit of compost in our soil, we spray biodynamic uh, preparation. We try to take care of our soil. Sometimes I'm thinking if we are actually cultivated our plant or if we are cultivated our soil. Um, so when you have a healthy soil, then and you manage well your canopy, uh, actually you can have a very healthy plant. I don't say that actually the plant can fight uh, alone to the disease. So of course we still have to spray a little bit of copper and sulfur, but by the hand we use also herbal infusion and every year we have decreasing the quantity of copper that we have to spray in our vineyards. And uh, being biodynamic, but at the same time being uh, Avignonese so is a kind of uh, uh, mix between having a state of art uh, equipment 
and having uh, spending a lot of attention and time on observing the nature, uh, the nature and uh, and the natural process. So of course here in Avignonese we have also a very state of art equipment. Uh, we have uh, tractors where we consume less uh, uh, fuels. We have uh, equipment where we can spray the um, the product, but at the same time we can uh, manage the exactly the quantity that we spray for, say, some copper. We actually uh, mix between uh, the new tools that we are discovering uh, through the technology. And, and uh, at the same time, but we uh, spend a lot of time <coughs> observing the plant. So even from my point of view, I can see like, our viticulturists every day observing the plant and building a relationship, very intimate relationship with the plant to understand whether the plant is suffering any way or just taking care of the plant as the plant is one of our best friends, for example. Um, so yeah, biodynamic is our foundation at the moment, but we don't think biodynamic is the method, uh, for example, in the, if in the future we can find another method even better than biodynamic, Avnunese will sure take on a method like that. That was a speech made by Mattel a while ago, which I believe is really the solution, because at the moment we think this is the currently best solution. But during our process, we always discover the better ways to make even better solutions for our soil, for our plants. So the next question, since we talked about viticulture, now we move on to winemaking, as you are also the chef winemaker of the company. So what's the winemaking philosophy at Avnunese? So uh, just to... Um... Repeat myself. Actually, uh, in our opinion, a great wine is made in vineyard. So uh, I consider my colleague Alessio Dorini uh, is our uh, agronomy and uh, and chief uh, of operation. Actually, uh, been uh, a winemaker in the vineyard, and <laughs> because he spent a lot of time to observe our grapes, our plant, our soil. If you have healthy <laughs> grapes, then of course. It's very easy to vinify them in the cellar without using any uh, chemical uh, product. So what we do here in Avignonese is what we call low intervention when making. So actually, uh, we uh, try to harvest the grapes when they are perfectly ripe. Then we have two different ways to, uh, <laughs> to have the harvest. The first is a manual, the second one is by machine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, the winemaking philosophy, I can also share something from my eyes. Because when I first started working here, I also started in the cellar. So I can have a better understanding of what's going on in the cellar. Uh, for example, we use Pied de Coup. Have you shared that? Yeah, not, yet. Uh, not yet. Okay. Pied de Coup. So we <laughs> homemade our yeast instead of buying any yeast from the market. So this is also the minimum intervention of our winemaking practices here at Havnunese. Uh, plus, all this, in all the cellar, like the only thing we will use is actually a minimum amount of sulfur. We don't use anything else. We don't buy any products on the market. 
So for people who know about wine making, who know about like the brochures, you can get a very thick brochure with all kinds of things you can purchase to add into the wine making process. So it's actually, yeah, wine making is, mm, let's say, not as pure as we would imagine. Uh, but here at Avnunese, every other product has been banned. So the only thing we add is a minimum amount of sulfates. I'm still alive. I'm so sorry, but I'm uh, uh, recovering from, uh, unfortunately, COVID. And uh, so I'm not feeling uh, still very well. And uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Xiao. Uh, you are a winemaker as well, so you know very well your job. And um, yes, I mean, uh, here in Avignonese, we produce mainly red wine. And uh, so, of course, uh, we have to manage also the extraction of the tannins and the color from the skin. And um, what we do here in Avignonese is actually two different techniques. The first is uh, what we call semi-carbonic maceration. So actually we uh, fill a part of our uh, tanks with uh, all batches. It's a typical technique that you can find in the Beaujolais village, not in Beaujolais Nouveau. The Beaujolais Nouveau is a typical carbonic maceration. I'm thinking about semi-carbonic maceration. And so we try to have also a little bit of tannins from the stalks that in our opinion are very helpful to keep the freshness of the Sangiovese. The second techniques that we use for our Griffi, Griffi is a super Toscan, is a blend of Sangiovese and Cabernet Sauvignon, is what we call the co-fermentation. So actually we fill our uh, tanks with both varieties at the same time. And we try to find a kind of balance between the strongness and the powerful of the Cabernet Sauvignon from clay soil rich to clay soil reach uh, that we have here in uh, in our area with the elegance and the balance of the Sangiovese and actually as you probably know the Sangiovese is not very rich in color the Cabernet here is definitely rich in color and uh, so we try to find a kind of uh, balance uh, between uh, uh, the likeness of color of Sangiovese and the high acidity of Sangiovese and uh, the body and the strongness of Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, beside that, of course, sometimes we have a long fermentation, a long maceration. Depends according to the vintage, we change every time. We spend a lot of time in the vineyards to observe the, uh, our grapes, but we do exactly the same in the cellar. We spend a lot of time on tasting, and say tasting, not drinking, uh, our wine. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, every vintage is different, so it's very important to have an open discussion with uh, the whole team and uh, the people that they are spending a lot of time in the vineyards, they know very well and they can transmit uh, what happened outside. Then, of course, being a winemaker is like uh, being a, a chef of the cuisine uh, and in the kitchen. The only difference is actually uh, we have just one shot per year. <laughs> when you are a chef, uh, you can repeat your, <coughs> your plot every day. When you are a winemaker, unfortunately, you have just one shot per vintage. So, of course, we made a lot of mistakes, both sometimes no, sometimes yes. Uh, but we learn every time from our mistakes. So what we do actually here in Avignonese is uh, try to uh, taste uh, every time also the old vintages and uh, try to make a link between uh, what we have done in this specific vintage and how we taste today our wines.
Thank you, Michael. Indeed, like in Avionese, uh, both for the viticulture and for enology, it takes a lot of observation. And ob observation actually is one of the four pillars of Avionese. Because when you're making a product this precisely and you want to taste them very precisely as well, then you make your decisions. So yeah, in terms of these two aspects, both viticulture and enology, uh, our precision attitude is in both aspects. Like for example, even we are a relatively larger estate, but actually we harvest every about two hectares separately in our cellar and they all fermented separately. So like you can see, like even we are a relatively larger estate, the way of our winemaking is very artisanal. Uh, then let's move to the next aspect, which hospitality you know, is another pillar of Avionese winery. And what kind of experience does Avionese provide for our visitors? And how can this promote our brand awareness? Hi, we are in Tuscany, so we are very lucky because we have plenty of tourists every every season. And here in Avignonese, we are exactly between Monte Pulciano and Cortona. I don't know if you have, if you have ever been here in Avignonese in uh, in our area, but actually, uh, both uh, cities are amazing. And uh, so um, we decided more than. Um, 30 years ago now, to uh, create a kind of uh, winery open for people. So the conviviality and the hospitality for Avignonese is the center of our uh, communication, of sharing with people, learning from people, because there are plenty of people that came here from everywhere. So we try to spend time with them and uh, uh, have a kind of uh, immediately feedback on the quality of our wines. And uh, we try to do our best to uh, show uh, the beautiful cuisine that we have in our region. And um, we have a restaurant so as well. And uh, you can have a tagliere, you can uh, have a visit of our cellar that just to let you know, uh, uh, our cellar uh, is uh, dated of uh, eight, 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 1865, I'm not mistaken, so actually it's very old. And uh, we have a kind of uh, fattoria, real fattoria farm, uh, regenerative farm with our vegetable garden. And uh, so you can spend uh, uh, also times on uh, picking and seeing uh, our vegetables that they are growing. We have uh, the bees, we have animals, so, so it's a kind of typical Fattoria, regenerative fattoria here in uh, Tuscany, in the beautiful countryside of our region. Yeah, that's a good introduction of um, our hospitality center. The name is Le Capesini. So if you ever have a chance to come to Tuscany, we, we are very happy to welcome you to our hospitality center. So next question is the same regarding to a lot of certifications we got. So Avionese is also certified certified vegan and ISO 45001. So maybe a lot of people don't know exactly these two certifications I mean. So could you please let me know let us know what each certification means? And there are so many certifications out there at the moment in the one world. 
So what's your opinion towards one certifications? Um, okay. Um, actually, here in Avignonese, uh, we uh, try to do uh, everything in real. So sometimes we uh, happen that people say that they are vegan, they are biodynamic, they are organic, but then they are not certified. Of course, uh, we I generally trust to people, but of course, if you are not certified, you are not certified. So it's a little bit long process, a lot of boring, a lot of red tapes, but I mean, it's really important to be sure that you are certified when you want to communicate that you are doing something. And that's why here in Avignonese, we are certified organic, we are certified biodynamic, actually, uh, through Biodiven. Biodiven uh, is a, a French wine grower association, biodynamic association. There are plenty of uh, very famous wineries that they are certified through Biodiven. Uh, and actually, it's very also, uh, uh, I like this kind of certification because it's also an association. So we spend a lot of time together sharing what we are doing. And actually, if you are a farmer, you learn a lot every time for the nature, but you learn a lot also sharing with the other people. And so if you want to develop the biodynamic, I mean, it's very important to share your experience with the other vine growers. And um, then we are certified vegan. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar, but actually in the wine industry, you can add a lot of chemical products and also animal derivatives products, such as gelatin, such as uh, uh, eggs, uh, milk. Here in Avignonese, we avoid to add any fine ingredients or chemical products. So we decided to certify our process vegan but just to be sure that we communicate properly to our consumer. Then we are certified also for the safety. Uh, unfortunately, in agriculture, there are, uh, there are still a lot of slavery. Uh, that's it's very uh, unfair, let me say, because, uh, okay, you can produce the most important, the most beautiful, the most... Uh, uh, enjoyable wine, but I mean, if you are doing that without respecting people that are working for you, it's a, it's a very, uh, I repeat myself, unfair. And so we are certified on safety, and then uh, I think we will try to be certified also for biodiversity and regenerative. Hopefully, we have a QR code, so a big part of this information now are uh, available for our consumer through uh, digital. Because otherwise, I don't know if you have still have space on the label to <laughs> all the stamp that we want to have. But of course, we are a Vignonese. We, we, are, we are a very well-known uh, winery. We are in a uh, noble appellation. So we are not looking to uh, having a uh, certification just because we want to sell more our wine. We would like to uh, produce our wine with uh, keeping the quality keeping the sense of place, but at the same time with the low impact on Earth. Uh, and we are a B Corp certificate, certificated uh, company, so we are a benefit corporation. So uh, if I can translate it in uh, one sentence, actually we try to be one of the best company for the Earth, not of the Earth. We are here to produce the maximum of quality, 
but without any um, compromise, without compromising uh, the future generation. And that's a very good introduction with all our certifications. Uh, so Virginia, our owner, is also a firm believer of certification because the certification can make a company more credible because in this world, we all know, like everybody declares um, a winery is sustainable, but what's the proof? So in a way, this kind of certification is a way to show uh, we are credible in the matter we are declaring ourselves. But of course, those certifications are not there to help us to sell wines. So I have my personal experience for my one education. Like I just did my WSI diploma and I did via, uh, via Italian wine ambassador courses. So these courses is not like um, something to have one more stamp or one more title on my CV. It's like during the process, I checked my knowledge. I improved myself by using the certification as a measurement. So I know better my process. So I want to learn a lot about one, but without the certifications, I don't measure myself very, very clearly. So I think the same goes to our company. So we use this certification as a benchmark of where we are at the moment, how we reach certain goals, how can we improve. And even after we reach a certain certification, our goal is not to stop there, it's actually to move further, to keep improving what we are doing and to reach like the goal which Mattel said, the best winery for, for the Earth, for the planet. Okay, so since you already covered the B Corp certification, so we can actually move on to the last, not last, but second to last question. So from your point of view, what makes Avignonese unique from the crowds? Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Where we are, so we are in a multicultural appellation. What we are, so we are uh, people that want to achieve the quality, but without compromising the future for the generation. And actually, let me say transparency. Uh, what we do here in Avignonese, if uh, we have success, if we have answer sex, so sometimes we, unfortunately, we, we miss the target. Sometimes we have, uh, we discovered something. Uh, Sometimes we have to uh, decided to change our process. Uh, sometimes we have uh, something new, such as a quercetin, for example. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's uh, the faults of the wine, but actually the quality is not affected. We want to be transparent. Transparency and consistency for Avignonese is really important. Of course, we try to, uh, we are very humble. Uh, because actually there are uh, a lot of to do that's very exciting also from the quality side, from the uh, environmental point of view, from uh, um, take care of our workers, but we try to do our best every vintage to uh, increase and, uh, our, uh, our uh, job. Thank you, Mattel. Yeah, indeed. Even for me, I think what makes Avignonese unique is the transparency. Because like our company motto, live through, <laughs> through a glass. So um, yeah, so for me, it's the same. Like since I came here, I don't feel like any of our department is hiding anything from anybody. 
So like our meetings is open to everyone from the bottom, like even from our interns to the top of our company, everything is very transparent. Okay, so let's go to the last question. The last question is, what are the plans for Avionese? I mean, the future plans, of course. Uh, is anything new and exciting on the way? Oh, wow. Um, but of course, 22 vintage. We are very excited of the wine that they are aging in our cellar. And um, I'm very excited, especially because uh, this year we vinified the all uh, indigenous varieties. More or less five years ago, Alessio Gorini our, uh, and Virginie uh, decided to uh, plant um, some vineyards outside of uh, Nobile Appellation with these amazing indigenous varieties for the red uh, for the red wine. Uh, I'm talking about Mammolo. Mammolo is very uh, uh, aromatic, floral, uh, red. Uh, grapes. Then we have the canaiolo. Canaiolo is a kind of a merlot, in my opinion. It's very soft on tannins and rich in color. Then we have colorino, and colorino is a little bit uh, strange because it's rich in color, but the tannins, I mean, are not very elegant, but I love it. And then we have uh, 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 alicante, and that we call locally because we are not too far away from the Trasimeno Lake. We call it Gamet del Trasimeno, but actually it's not Gamet, it's Alicante, so Grenache. And then for the white varieties, we have Trebbiano, of course, we're working with different clones. Then we have uh, Grichetto, that they locally call Pulcinculo, I'm sorry. And then they, we have Vermentino, uh, uh, a little bit, and but we have uh, an amazing varietal that we discovered five years ago, called Orticchio. Orticchio, they are only three hectares in total, and, uh, and uh, it's an amazing varietal because we can keep a lot of acidity, and so it's going to be very helpful, especially in the future when, with the global warming, the temperature will be more and more uh, higher. So how about the La Stella projects? Do you want to share something about that? Okay, it's not a secret anymore. Okay, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing project, La Stella, uh, because we try to uh, increase the biodiversity in the vineyard. I already told you that actually it's a compromise being a farmer, being a wine grower, because actually we uh, have more than 5,000 plants in one hectare. So, of course, it's natural. And so what we are studying here in Avignon is, is try to create vineyards where we uh, decrease the amount of uh, vines and we introduce uh, other uh, um, trees and other bushes and uh, animals and uh, flowers, herbs, cover crop and so on and so on. So uh, we'll be to try, we'll try to uh, also consolidate the training system. We are going to respect the people that have to work on the vineyards. So they are a lot of a 360 degrees project. It's a vineyard of the new millennium. And I'm very lucky because we are not the only one that they are working this kind of project. And in my opinion, we have to rebalance a little bit uh, the, 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 the farming of, uh, of the vineyards and everything. And so here in Avignonese, hopefully on last next year, we are going to 
plant this vineyard, but we have to wait at least uh, six years before having the first rivalries on the land. Yeah, that's something exciting. So now we finish all the questions. So Stevie, uh, do we have maybe questions from the audience or we can open the floor to the audience? Okay, we do have one question. Uh, first of all, con uh, congratulations. Uh, we had a small hiccup in the beginning, but everything was, as Joy would like to say, smooth as butter. So excellent. Thank you very much for that. We do have a question from Jing, your friend. Uh, she, she asked, may I ask, when you say we produce our yeast, what does it mean in a deeper way? From winemaking view, how could you know the activity status and right amount of the yeast? Are they stable and has satisfactory consistency? How do you manage and control this pot? And that's from Jing. I suppose that's, it's a winemaking questions to you both. Did you, did you understand the question? First, when we say that we do our pedicure, we mean that basically we do exactly what uh, in uh, your uh, bakery at home, uh, you create your Diabito uh, Madre, so sour yeast. So we try to cultivate in a micro uh, what the, the yeast that then we are going to use for the vinification. Uh, are there stable? Are there consistency? Here we have to say thanks to our R&D department and our leaders actually as well that they spent more or less the whole uh, uh, vintage time and uh, looking through the microscope which kind of yeast are developing in first of all our curve and then in our tanks. If we are not completely sure about the quality of the yeast, we are going to send a sample in the laboratory and they are going to do PCR analysis and they are going to confirm if we still have a good quality of yeast or if we have some contaminations such as vitaminases or bacteria. Okay, that's great. So um, I do have a small question for, um, for Matteo and Shawan, um, either of you. So when you say Avignonese is certified organic um, and certified biodynamic, are, is it both or the entire um, estate is both organic and biodynamic or are there different parcels? How does it work? Okay, um, we are, uh, first of all, I'm going to answer you. Uh, we are uh, fully certified organic and biodynamic not only for our one making process but also for our honey olive oils and etc etc then <clears throat> the answer is actually when we you need decided to move to organic and biodynamic first of all she decided to do only 30 percent of our estate but then she decided to move to 100 percent especially for our workers because how I can how can you ask for some of people of your team to go outside and spray chemical and to the other people to spray only uh, herbal infusion? So immediately she said, no, I cannot do it. So let let me try to do uh, to become the largest biodynamic winery in Italy. I'm being honest with you. We had uh, sometimes some mistakes, but finally after. 10 years, I can say that actually our total production every vintage is increasing and it's perfectly uh, comparable to the other producers that are still using chemical agriculture. 
So, Matteo, you said that we, you are, of course, well known to be the largest biodynamic estate. Um, how large is it? Can you give us some numbers in terms of um, acreage or hectares yeah. and also a number of the different types of labels, number of labels, and if you can quantify that in number of bottles, just so that our audience has a panoramic view of the size, because it is it is quite monumental because it is quite large. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say the numbers in uh, hectares. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we have 170 hectares of vineyards and 300 in total. We uh, produce mainly. Uh, so you have 170 hectares of vines, right? Vines, but you have yeah. 300 hectares of um, estate okay. in general. And then we have uh, more than uh, 10 different labels under a Easy. And then we produce more or less 1 million bottles. In total, 1 million bottles and 20 labels, did you say? 10. 10, 10 labels. Label 10. Okay, very good. Listen, I think I would love to ask you many, many more questions. Unfortunately, I've got a call at seven, so I have two minutes to get to my call. Um, You know, Shawen, how this works, right, at the office. I am not in command of my own agenda. I just do whatever Elena tells me to do. So now I have to go uh, get on to uh, jump onto another Zoom. Thank you so much to both of you. Um, Laika is making me work like crazy this week. It's, it is the Clubhouse Marathon Week. Yesterday, we had an interview with Oscar Arrivabene from Domenico uh, Clerico. So check that out soon when we do the replay on Italian Wine Podcast. This episode, of course, will also be on Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We have 3 million listens the past um, 12 months alone. So incredible jump, Shawan. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm, I'm also excited for your um, career path, and you sound so happy, and you mean so much to me. So that's it. I'm signing off. I'm just going to let Laika tell us what's on next this week. Laika? Yeah, sorry, Stevie, but we're trying to fill the um, uh, the calendar for this December. Yeah, for um, Christmas so... <laughs> holidays. <laughs> yeah, so Joy and I won't worry about it. Um, so yeah, for Thursday, it's going to be this week, Thursday. Um, so we have Arlene Valiveros. She's going to interview Francesca Vaira from GD Vaira. So that's it for this week. And thank you so much. Thanks, okay, guys. Thanks very much. Ciao, ragazzi. Grazie ancora, Matteo Shawen, for having you. Ciao, ragazzi. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.